Hello, this is Rachel McElroy. Hi there, this is Griffin McElroy. And this is Wonderful. Hello, and welcome to Wonderful. Hi. Hey there, what's up? This is Wonderful. How's it going? Hi, I've got my voice back mostly. Rachel's got, I would say, about 64% yeah, of her voice fair. back. Yeah, that's fair. Probably by the end of the show, I will be down to 37. Yes. I would say last week when it was time for us to record this show, well, oh. pretty much all last week, you were at, I would say, a good 13, yeah, maybe it was 11. It was, <laughs> it was, it was hard to hear you for a quite a long time. I kept clearing my throat, you know, like sometimes you do that and your your full voice comes back, so I kept trying and it was just nothing, just nothing happened as a result. Yeah, it's been a wild 2 weeks since we last recorded, I would say. Yeah, yeah. Uh every everybody except for me, I did not get sick this past fortnight, but I feel like pretty much everybody else did. Uh, which is cool. I mean, you say sick, but what it what was going on for me was really seasonal allergies. I don't think I had a virus. No, but I mean, you still felt like dog dookie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, that's sick. True. You know what I mean? Like, I that's guess not. So. You're a healthful person, I would say. What with all of the wheatgrass that you consume. Oh. <laughs> that's a joke. I've never. Uh, you never see me consume wheatgrass. No, no. Um, but this is wonderful. We're back. We're health healthier. Yeah. Um, Ready to talk about the good stuff? The good stuff. We just ate a bunch of broccoli and took a bunch <laughs> of vitamins and did a bunch of jumping majacks. And now we are <laughs> clean, clean living and ready yeah. to do a clean podcast. Yeah. Give me small one. Oh, man. I mean, just having enough hangers to put your clothes on. I honestly... Swear to God, I think you said that as your small wonder last week or last no. episode. No, you don't think so? No. You are, you, you're wild for these hangers. And so <laughs> it would not surprise me if, uh, All right, if, let me see. Okay. Part of our, um, I said Halloween decor. Okay. That's better then. Uh, yeah. Since our, uh, a third of our house got destroyed in the ice storm, uh, earlier this year. God, time means nothing I mean, anymore. it was February. February. Uh, we've been trying to get our shit fixed up, uh, and we just finally got a closet back that we could put our stuff in so that we don't have it scattered hither and yon across the house well, like a scavenger and, hunt. Yeah, and I intentionally ordered more hangers because what had happened to me, at least, was that I could only hang up my clothes if I had some dirty clothes. Yeah. You know? Like, the idea of having all my clean clothes meant I did not have enough hangers. Yes. So, uh, yes, that's very exciting. So, yeah, it is exciting to know that regardless of my, my laundry cycle, yeah. I have enough hangers to hang up my clothes. Yeah, sure. Um, I'm going to say hockey's back. Hockey's, hockey's back. Hockey's back, baby. Now's the time to get on board with this wonderful new sport they call hockey. You may have to download an app and pay for it. You will definitely have to download <laughs> an app and pay for it. I mean, there's, yeah, hockey is. If you are fortunate to have a local team, you will most likely be able to watch your local team on a local television station. But we do not have that. We do and not. And so our only way of watching hockey that we want to watch is through an app. Yes, I would. If you are interested, uh, this is not a, a a paid advertisement for the electronic sports programming network, there which I go. think is what ESPN stands for. <laughs> but they have like a sixty dollar a year package, which is a whole season of hockey, which compared to other apps that show hockey is a steal. Yeah, and they have most of the games on. That's what we've been watching. And sometimes, if you have TNT, you can watch hockey. Sometimes, games. why the fuck not? <laughs> why TNT? I don't know. USA's got characters. TNT's got hockey, yeah. and that's what's up. And you can tune in and watch the undefeated St. Louis Blues. As of this recording. As of this recording. Probably. It's going to be up tomorrow. They, I mean, they okay, have a game. Okay. We'll, be, we'll be fine. Okay. okay. Five, five and oh now? Six and oh? Five and oh. Baby. Yeah. You can't beat it. 
You can't be Vladimir Tarasenko coming at you with the the two nastiest goals I ever saw. (laughs) One game. Fucking good stuff hockey is. I'm loving it. Yeah. David Perron scoring an accidental open net goal. The big toothy smile. With a big toothy grin. What a good lad. What a sweet lad winning and winning and winning. Hey, do you want to go? Yeah, I do. Uh, My first thing is something that I have been uh, dipping into recently, and that is the rom-com. Interesting. Mm -hmm. You have been devouring these. That's funny. On our last episode, I brought a song called Rom-Com 2021. Yeah. Uh, Do you think that's what gave you the itch? (laughs) No, it was more that like we were were stuck at home with our baby. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, and I wanted to watch something that I knew would be light and fun. Yeah. Uh, that I could stop and start, you know, without too much headache. Can I, quick aside, do you worry about Gus, who is almost seven months old, uh, seeing something that you are watching on TV and being like, oh, he shouldn't, he shouldn't be watching that i shouldn't be watching anything like scary. i mean i will say I, I intentionally do not watch anything like violent or loud or where people are yelling at each other because i have found that if i watch something where people are arguing it does make him upset yeah okay um, this is a bad time for me to confess that i have watched midnight mass with him a couple of times at night but it's on mute so like and if there's scary stuff that happens i just turn him away <laughs> you just turn him away yeah he's very easy to like position however you want to position fair. him. that's fair um so recently, for the first time, I watched Notting Hill, which I had never seen before. Uh, I watched Broadcast News not long ago, which I had never seen before. Uh, just watched The Long Shot, which I hadn't seen. Um, it's every time I see you yeah. by yourself, you've been watching a, a rom This morning, Gus woke up early. I started The Mirror Has Two Faces. Never seen that one. I've never even heard of that one. It's Barbara Streisand, Jeff Daniels. Well, then. Yeah. Get there. Get there. <laughs> Hockey and Barbara Streisand. Um, I I think I like I for a while I felt real snobby about the rom com. Sure, you know they like have gotten kind of a bad rap um, because they are so targeted uh, towards a particular kind of person who wants like a love story, you know, and a will they won't they? Yeah. Um, and I thought like, oh no, I only like a uh, film. Um, but oh, that I was really good, man. Yeah, right. <laughs> that character that was powerful. Yeah, but um, I don't know. Lately, I've just been kind of enjoying it, and I found a great article that kind of gets at why I think I like it. Um, but first, I just for for those of you who are like, "What's a rom com?" I think this is another most character. of our friends. This is another character. I'm most of our out. friends at home. What's a rom com? Rachel, <laughs> that's really good. <laughs> um, I thought it was kind of nice to like see it broken down a little bit. Um, but it says, in a typical romantic comedy, the two lovers tend to be young, likable, and seemingly meant for each other, yet they are kept apart by some complicating circumstance. Uh, until surmounting all obstacles, they are finally united. Yeah, definitely. I'm trying to think of a rom-com that breaks that mold, and it does not exist. Yeah, no, that's, I mean, that's that's kind of always it. Um, it's It's something that, like, often gets pronounced dead. Uh, like in the 1970s, people started saying the rom-com is dead. And 20- in the 70s? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What the fuck had come out before the 70s? That oh, was- see, you're not you're not thinking of the like Catherine Hepburn, Cary Grant. No, I'm not. Yeah. The rom-com. I mean, I rom-com guess. existed like way back in like silent film, like with like, you know, Charlie Chaplin kind of stuff. I guess so. 
I just think that if it came out before the song Two Princes was out, <laughs> yeah. it doesn't count. Okay. It wasn't a rom-com. That's a B-T-P and A-T-P. Yes, That's exactly. how your time works. Act, absolutely. Uh, 2016, Washington Post declared it dead. 2019, Variety Magazine did. Um, a lot of that is because, uh, you know, like the film industry has stopped investing in the romantic comedy. Um, it used to be a huge moneymaker. For example, My Best Friend's Wedding was made on a $38 million budget and brought in more than $299 million. Jesus. Uh, Pretty Woman uh, was made for $14 million, brought in $463 million. Like, it used to be just a huge ROI. Yeah, I mean, there's no CGI in Hitch. <laughs> I haven't seen Hitch. That's uh, th- my I next. said that, and then I immediately was like, is, is there another CGI in mm-hmm. Hitch? I haven't seen Hitch. That's another one I need to watch. There's probably a thing where, like, Kevin James, like, you know, f- f- falls into a big thing, elephant poop and then the elephant sits on him mm-hmm. and they couldn't do that safely and so it is like a computer generated <laughs> elephant or computer generated <laughs> Kevin Kevin James. Um and then more recently they they just haven't seen that kind of return. Fool's Gold with Kate Hudson and Matthew McConaughey um was made for 70 million and only grossed 111 million. Shameful. I know. <laughs> a shameful 40 million dollar profit. So now what you see mostly are these like huge blockbusters, you know, like these these incredibly expensive movies which you think would be riskier but are kind of what everybody's making right now. I will I will grant you that with the caveat of like streaming services are still pounding that drum pretty yeah. fucking hard. And that's what I saw in the article too is that Netflix makes tons of these things. Yeah. And you see a lot of like serial like uh sitcom kind of like explorations of this. But you thing also too. get like if you get a if you what is the uh there's like the kissing booth, I think, is one of them that's had like three. Oh. And then to all the boys I've loved before. Yeah, I've not huh? watched any of these films, I but I either. every time I turn on Netflix, it's like, damn, all the boys I've loved before again once more two? <laughs> Holy shit. Um so uh they're not as like escapist and wish fulfillment as they used to be. Yeah. Um, which is fine by me. Example I saw was uh The Big Sick. Yeah, which can that, was be a, that was a really good one. Considered romantic comedy. Although the article did point out that the female lead is in a coma most of the film. That is another good point. <laughs> but that it just, it, like, it tends to explore more, like, the individual uh, than, you know, like... The love between the, this. The pairing, yeah. Right, yeah, yeah. That's interesting. I've never thought of that before, but most most rom-coms that I can remember coming out in the last decade that I enjoy do not involve any amount of sort of codependency whatsoever. Yeah. So so here is, there's a 2019 New York Times feature by Wesley Morris that talks about kind of the absence of the rom-com uh, and kind of like our inexplicable love for it. Uh, and he says, and I, I just, I thought that I really appreciated this. Uh, Romantic comedy is the only genre committed to letting relatively ordinary people, no capes, no spaceships, no infinite sequels, figure out how to deal meaningfully with another f- human being. Yeah. These are the lowest stakes movies we have that are also about our highest standards for ourselves. Movies predicted on the improvement, movies predicated on the improvement of communication, the deciphering of strangers, and the performance of more degrees of honesty than I ever knew existed. Gentle, cruel, blunt, clarifying, TMI, strategic, tardy, medical, sexual, sartorial. They take our primal hunger to connect with one another and give it a story. And at their best, they do much more. They make you believe in the power of communion. 
Yeah, I mean, when I think about how to lose a man in 10 days, <laughs> I think that, that that is poignant and true of certain rom-coms, but I also think well, there are some I that just, are... Well, like, this, this whole idea of, like, banter, you know, this idea of, like, two people kind of, like, sparring with each other and, and figuring out who they are and what they can get from one another. Like, you only see that in rom-coms. Yeah, true. You know? Uh, and, and even the bad ones, I feel like you get a little of that. Like, I've, I've kind of enjoyed watching the ones that are less good just because it's like sometimes you get some really some really nice sparring you know sure uh and you mean sort of verbal sparring yes like they do martial arts practice yeah although mr and mrs smith you know i would not in a million years call that a rom rom it did come up when i was when i was researching okay yeah, so th- so the rom com, as I mentioned, has evolved. Thirties and forties, it was Catherine Hepburn and Cary Grant, um, and you know, and then we had you know when Harry met Sally, which is like kind of the gold. I standard. was going to ask you, is it is that your favorite romantic comedy? I mean, when when I was coming up, yeah, it's for sure. it is mine still today. Yeah, with a, with a bullet, I yeah. can't think of anything that comes even close to it. Yeah, I think you turned me on to that movie for the. I watched yeah, that movie for the first so. time with you, and I was like, "There's no way." that I am going to care about Billy Crystal's romantic status. And then by the end of it, I'm like, yes, <laughs> they found love in a hopeless place. <laughs> um, Sleepless in Seattle, another Meg Ryan joint. Another good one, yeah. Another very good one. I mean, that's what's kind of fun is that at, at early enough in their career where they still kind of have to take these big roles, um, you see a lot of good actors in rom-coms. Sure, of course. Um, Thomas Hanks. Thomas Hanks, Yeah. For some reason, like not really a leading man type, but like definitely works. Just so likable. Not in a you uh, feel safe with Tom Hanks. That's what you know? it is, right? Like usually it's a, a McConaughey sort of like <laughs> yeah. stone cold handsome. Like that's a good looking dude right there. Yeah, Tom Hanks, a good looking guy, but yeah. uh, not the kind that you think is like going to be pursued in any way. But damn, Sleepless in Seattle. That's I know what a dr- dreamboat. Uh huh. There was a Vanity Fair article I was looking at that ranked the best romantic comedies. Uh, another Meg Ryan, You've Got Mail. Yeah. Also Tom Hanks. Um, That's funny. Yeah. That's funny that they did the one and everybody's like, I can't wait to watch these two get together. <laughs> no. And then you finish the movie and spoiler alert, that is of course what happens. Yeah. But then You've Got Mail, it's like, wait, are they the same fucking people? Is this in the mm-hmm. part of the sleepless multiverse? <laughs> um, Ten Things I Hate About You, which, you know, points to the the kind of one of the creators of romantic comedy, Shakespeare. Yes, of course. Um, which I also enjoy that film. Groundhog Day, one of your faves. On the list. I mean, if you want to talk about a film about personal improvement. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But I don't know that necessarily. It centers around him trying to win over Andy McDowell. Yes. But once again, Andy McDowell doesn't get a ton of agency or like growth during that. that True. Yeah. But it is a romantic comedy. It is. There is romance and it is certainly very funny. Mm hmm. Um. And yeah, there's there's any number of of movies on this list. Uh, I mentioned My Best Friend's Wedding. Another one. You'll notice a lot of these largely white, uh, heterosexual. Yes, um, but you know, we're seeing we're seeing some improvement in that area in the sure. recent years. I mean, Jennifer Lopez like made an indelible mark yeah, on this whole genre. True. I feel like there was a streak of mm-hmm. uh, I haven't seen all of her romantic comedy work, but there were certainly uh, a lot of them in a very short period of time. Another one I haven't seen, Moonstruck. I've been curious about that one because that always comes up on these lists, and I don't know it. Is that Cher? Yeah, that's Cher. 
That's share, baby. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Like, it's not like my favorite film is a romantic comedy, but if I am sitting in front of the TV and I want to watch something that I know is going to be fun yeah. and, you know, I'm going to have a good time. Sure. Romantic comedy. Is Dune a romantic comedy? No. Okay. I, I would not say comedy is a, is a signature feature of that film. Yeah, there needs to be like a romantic sci-fi. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Man, I wish I was clever enough to think of how to fuse <laughs> those two words, but sometimes I just don't got it. You I, mean, I mean, Battlestar Galactica had some romance. No. Not enough. Not guess, enough, if you what, ask me. When my work presupposes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, can I steal you away? Yes. Awesome. Griffin? Yeah. You know what's a shame? What? Is that when you order uh, meals to be delivered to you, they can only be for dinner. That's true because of the law. But wait, wait, what's this coming across our desk? The law is different now? (laughs) It's factor. These rebels are operating outside the boundaries of food law. (laughs) Factor has breakfast. They have midday bites. They have smoothies. Uh, There's lots of stuff you can get with Factor. What other things can you get with Factor? Well, I'm looking at this menu right now. They got a lot of tasty little options for you. I'm talking about artichoke and spinach chicken with roasted zucchini and tomato butter. Did you even know that butter could be tomato? (laughs) Not me. Shredded chicken and loaded mashed taters. With, I changed the word. They say potatoes, but I said taters, precious. With mushroom <laughs> gravy, smoked cheddar, uh, bacon, and Parmesan broccoli. Uh, this this menu is out of sight, and my mouth is just watering looking at these glossy JPEGs of tasty food. So head to factormeals.com slash wonderful50 and use code wonderful50 to get 50% off. That's code wonderful50 at factormeals.com slash wonderful50 to get 50% off. It can be intimidating trying to roll with the console cowboys in cyberspace. Um, there's always the worry that maybe they know something that you don't vis-a-vis um, website design or website functionality, and you think, that I could never be that. I could never be among their illustrious ranks. Griffin, if I wanted to build a website where I ranked my favorite episodes of Ghost Rider, would I be able to do that? Well, first of all, it would be the same list as everybody else's with the Julia Stiles <laughs> episode at the top. But yes, you can do that with Squarespace. It's the all-in-one platform for building your brand and growing your business online. Every Squarespace website and online store comes with a suite of integrated features and useful guides that help maximize prominence among search results. Do you want to have special functionality, like maybe a members-only VIP club section of your website? You can do that. Do you want to sell stuff? Yeah, you can do that too. Do you want to have an online scheduler so that people you can, you can sell uh your time yeah you can do that also anything is possible that's um there for the commercial the super bowl commercial they had that was my voice yelling anything is possible in the wow background. yeah not a lot of people know that hey head to squarespace.com slash wonderful pod for a free trial and when you're ready to launch use offer code wonderful pod to save 10 percent off your first purchase of a website or domain we have a couple grumpo grabs here and i would love to read the first one Because it is for Mariah, and it is from Dan, who says, Hi, Mariah. You are wonderful, and I hope that you, Gwen, and Cleo are having a wonderful day. Happy birthday, and I hope you enjoy this gift of a birthday message on your favorite chill-out podcast. You're perfect, valid, and loved. I love you from your favorite spice, Dan. 
you know, I don't think that this is a chill out podcast. I don't think of it that way. I think of it oh, as yeah? like a high octane thrill ride <laughs> through um, d- different experiences uh-huh. and art. But it's a, I mean, hold on tight or else your butt's going to go flying off the seat. You go flying up People into space. People often remark upon my high octane energy. Yeah. They mm-hmm. always say she's a, th- she's a thrill seeker and a thrill giver. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, can I read the next one? Oh, please. It is for Jonathan. It is from Rosemary. Happy anniversary and congrats on ascending to candidacy. We're probably playing video games as you hear this, and I am definitely expecting a big kiss right about now. Between cats, vid games. That's a way, the cool way to say video games. <laughs> road trips and being goofs. Life together is one big wonder after another. Thanks for being a great friend and a wonderful partner. I love you, you big handsome. That is delightful. I'm guessing ascending to candidacy means that Jonathan has reached 35, which is when you can be president. Oh, I thought it was some kind of doctor thing. Oh, you know, it might be that too. You know, I I could be the president next year. Oh, well, I I think you probably need to start working now. No, I'm going to, I'm figuring I'll come in there like like uh, on your birthday. I'm a, I'm a, but I'm a normal guy. All these other posers. Just will tell you what they want to tell you for your vote. Wouldn't it be fun though? I heat my hot dogs up in the microwave like a regular guy. Wow, babe. <laughs> wow. Well, that could be your platform, regular guy. Who heats his hot dogs up in the microwave? <laughs> yeah. I got a lot more going on than just that. <laughs> well, but I mean, how are you gonna else are you gonna approach the common man? Yeah, I mean, that's the only thing that we all have in common uh-huh. in this big blue marble we call the earth. Uh-huh. Well, hello. I'm Renee Colvert. Hi, I'm Alexis Preston, and we are the hosts of Can I Pet Your Dog? And we got breaking news. We got an expose. And all the beans have been spilled via an Apple podcast review that said this show isn't well-researched. <gasps> well, yeah, no duh. Of course it's not. Not since the day we started has it been well-researched. Guessing and anthropomorphizing dogs is what we do. The Can I Pet Your Dog promise is that we will never do more than 10 seconds of research before telling you excitedly about any dog we see. I'm going to come at you with top 10 enthusiasm, minimal facts. We're here for a good time, not an educated time. So if you love dogs and you don't love research, well, <laughs> you know what? Come on in to Can I Pet Your Dog podcast every Tuesday on Maximum Fun Network. <laughs> Uh, we bill this as an enthusiast podcast, and yes. so my topic for today might be a little too on the nose, but it's when people are very into extremely niche hobbies. How do you say that word? Ni- do you say ni- niche or niche or niche? <laughs> I say niche. I say Frederick niche whenever I say that Some word. Some people say niche. Niche? I didn't mm. even... God, there's so many fun ways to say that word. I mean, anytime we see a French word, it's just like, do what, do what you want. Do what you, Have fun with it. <laughs> um, I, I find when somebody is enthusiastic about their hobby, and it's one that I don't have any interest in necessarily or have never attempted, I find that very like contagious most, most of the time. Like that enthusiasm makes me happy just knowing like, that that person has something that they are happy about and really into that I don't know anything about. Um, and sometimes, yes, it makes me want to get into that thing too once I learn about it. Uh, case in point, sausage making. Uh, we watched a lot of, uh, oh God, I can't remember his name. The sausage, oh my God, the dude from Chicago. I'm, I feel so embarrassed. 
I mean, you need to look it up. I need to look it up. Nah, I'm too busy doing my segment. <laughs> but you all know what I... I've talked about Sausage Guy on this show before. The Sausage, the YouTube, the Sausage The YouTube man. Sausage Man. Uh, and so I, Rachel got me, I think, sausage making stuff for like my birthday, which I did once and it wasn't for me, but still it was fun <laughs> yeah. to watch it. Um, that is the thing, honestly, with most of the YouTube stuff that we used to watch together before we had a child sleep yeah, in the, the same knife room. Maker. There was the knife maker. Yeah. There was sausage guy. There yeah. was art restoration guy. Yeah, we didn't ever take that on. <laughs> no, like, because I don't give a shit about that stuff. But <laughs> yeah. like watching somebody who is, take the art restoration guy, like, I have no artistic eye whatsoever. Whatsoever. Not even a little bit. I go to museums and I nod at things. Oh, cool. <laughs> cool shapes and colors, right? Yeah. But to see somebody who's like, here is the special hammer that I use to yeah. take the tacks off of that. I'm like, that's radical. And it's yeah. awesome that you like it too. That is honestly why I feel like we watch so many YouTube videos. Whether it's like somebody who, hey, I just put up a million dominoes. Or like, I'm going to teach you croconole strategies. Like... I, I don't know those things, but it's fun to see you be into those things. Um, the thing that honestly made me think about this is uh, folks who build and paint miniatures like for, for games, for role-playing games and tabletop games and strategy yeah, games and stuff like okay. that. Um, because it's uh, I, I've, I'm obviously quite into RPGs and D&D and stuff like that since we started doing Adventure Zone. And... I've been into the idea of of the small and meticulous work that goes into painting a, you know, two inch tall little that big figure. magnifying glass with it. Yeah. I mean, you get to use a fucking jeweler's loop. Like, yeah. that's rad. <laughs> uh, and also you get to use a little uh, airbrush and all this mm -hmm. thing. I, I have a few friends that I follow on Soshi who like uh, paint and are, are really, really into this scene. And you wa I, I've watched them like start a project You're like hey here's my new like a uh, little war bishop from you know warhammer or whatever uh and i'm gonna start working on it and then three weeks later they're like i just finished the second coat i'm like that thing is so little it's such a little thing and it takes you a month to make one yeah. of them there's something very admirable to me about that but also like they speak in a vocabulary that i don't know yeah and so i get to learn about the thing too but mostly it's like you guys are spending so much time and effort working on these very small things solely because you are so into this scene. And that's awesome. Like, it's yeah. hard not to get excited about that. That, that It kind of speaks to our interest in, in shows like Ninja Warrior, too. Sure, yeah. Of these people that have spent so, time, so much time on a very particular skill, you know, with its own set of, like, rules and requirements – and it's just kind of fascinating uh, because it's this like the whole other world yeah. that you're peeking in on. You know what's messed up though is I feel like you only appreciate that when you watch that show for some reason as much as we watch <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. Where you like see how excited that they get about a new obstacle and watch them like all try to figure it out one at yeah. a time. It's like, but I feel like when you start watching Ninja Warrior, it's like, look at how high that guy jumped. Like you, it requires That's, a certain yeah, amount of Ninja funny. Warrior acumen. I have talked to people who are like, I don't really get it. I don't really get why people like that show so much. And I'm just like, well, you're just not watching enough. You know, of you it. it's, it's, it's a commitment. <laughs> here's here's another big one: model trains. Right? You hear about somebody yeah. being into model trains. What was it? Uh, Bake Off. We were watching some show where yeah. somebody was like, and here's my enormous model train. And you see that, and you think that's strange. Like that's a that is objectively a strange hobby. You have to use a room in your house for it. 
this is my bedroom. This is a three-bedroom, two-bathroom, one-train-room house <laughs> listed on Zillow. Like, that's wild. And yet, you see my man Rod Stewart from music who has spent 30 years making the same model train I that. Um, pause. <laughs> you got to see Rod Stewart's model train. Oh, I, I actually looked it up already. Look at this shit. Oh my gosh, that looks like a real city it skyline. It looks like a real city. And he's been working on it for 30 years. Wow. What's funny is the perspective of all these pictures where he's standing with it, it does look so much like a normal city that it makes Rod Stewart look like a Godzilla who's about to come smashing down. It's so wild. And what, what I appreciate so much about it is it makes you realize that Rod Stewart from music has been an incredibly successful songwriter and performer, and he has had that career apparently just to fund his remarkable model train hobby. Yeah, you know, this makes me wonder how long it is before one of the McElroys gets a train hobby. I mean, we have enough hobbies. This is the thing, though. You like, say that, but I, I think it's unlimited. <laughs> There's <laughs> unlimited capacity for hobbies in this family. That is a fair point. Uh, it's it's. I, there are things that we're into, right? Like Juice is into, into woodworking now. Travis, mm-hmm. is, Travis has bread making and blacksmithing and a bunch of other hobbies that start mm-hmm. with B. Uh, I do some like, uh, you know, game console restoration stuff, but that's not even remotely, I'm not even close to Rod Stewart level. No, you're not. Obsession with any of these things. Yeah. And. You're still young yet. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure I, you know, if I start now, I could put a 30 year train set together. I would say that, that model trains is something that, you know, as you mature, you're able to invest more time and resource into. Yeah, exactly. I particularly love this example of Rod Stewart because when you learn about like a a, a notable person, like a famous yeah. person, and then you find out like, you know, you thought that music was his passion, but actually, let me talk to you about his fucking trains because there's a, it's like uh, Richard Garriott, the game developer who yeah. basically created Ultima as, and it like was foundational for this entire genre of video games. Yeah. Uh, but he was just doing that so he could raise enough money to go to space. That's odd. Like that, <laughs> when you learn something like that about a person, like it shows you a a secret side of them. That That's is like a, awesome. Aforementioned Tom Hanks is big typewriter fan. That does not surprise me. He's got lots of typewriters. See, that's the thing. I think it also has to be surprising. Like Tom Hanks, you know, collects and restores typewriters. Yeah, okay, yeah, I, I could see that. <laughs> okay. Rod Stewart from music has been working on the same model trains for thirty years. Like yeah. what? What? Shaquille O'Neal is in the bonsai. Yes, that's that would be fantastic. I know, it would be. To watch his very big hands yeah. cutting around a very small <laughs> Little tree. Little tiny scissors. Oh, God. <laughs> Can we get Shaq? If I start sending Shaq just like cold call bonsai yeah. kits, do you think like I could plant the seed? I don't know where one gets a bonsai kit. If you put it in like a uh, like a pizza box, yeah, uh, or like a like an icy hot package, and then he yes. opens it thinking it's a product that he knows and loves, yeah, and or that he like, has oh, to hey, like sponsor. It's and a talk bonsai about tree, it. yes, absolutely. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I, I I I probably will never have a hobby to the Rod Stewart level, right? And yeah. I also will never pick up. A lot of the hobbies that my friends have that I admire so much because of their dedication to it and how much I learn 
from them. But like, that's enough for me, like to be able to get that secondhand fascination and excitement and enthusiasm about something is a is an incredible thing. It is incredible. I, I will say, you know, as somebody that is very practical, I am grateful that you do not have that level of hobby be, uh, because we have two very young children. Yeah. And anytime I watch these shows where somebody like has the room of like the big train set and I think how much time their partner has spent away from them <laughs> managing you know, real Rob life. Stewart may have a partner <laughs> that is also deeply in. I feel like if you live with Rod Stewart, you will get into trains. <laughs> like it would be outrageous for you. Oh, this is the train room. I never go in there. No way. <laughs> Are you kidding me? I will be curious about that. I want to research that a little bit just to find out, like, is this a shared interest between the two? I would love to see an episode of MTV Cribs hosted by Rod Stewart. This may <laughs> exist where he's like, yeah, there's a foyer, there's my bedroom, there's my infinity pool, and there's, there's a, I have four refrigerators, and uh, there's all my gold records. But come with me. Come with me. To the big show. <laughs> toot toot, everybody. And then he has like a little train that you ride on that takes you to the train yeah. room. Oh, my God. A little like train engineer's caps that you yes. put on as a guest. Yes. Mm. God, that's good. Do you think he wishes he lived in a train, like on Snowpiercer? Just like <laughs> was on an eternal train that never stopped? But the, the fun buddy romp. The rom Snowpiercer. <laughs> um, hey. Thank you to our uh, uh, to Bowen and Augustus, our Bowen and Augustus. Yeah, for the use sure. of our theme song, "Money Won't Pay." You can find a link to that in the episode description. Um, I want to say thank you to everybody who tried out some new stuff at the Max Fun Block Party. It was, a, it was a, yeah. a, a lot of fun, and there are so many shows on the network, so many new shows on the network. Mm-hmm. Um, that you know, if you've never given a shot, try giving it a shot because you never know what you know, a little test you might take on a new show that will then become your favorite podcast. Yeah, the the cool thing about Block Party is there was a lot of crossovers, so you yeah. get an opportunity to kind of stick with somebody you know, but try yes. out something new. Thank you all also for bearing with us last week. It was, uh, it was it, even compared to some other times we've had this year, a real shit show, um, <laughs> but we've, we've, uh, we're back on, on track here, and... Um, we we missed we missed doing this show last week. We but did. Now we're back to talk about yeah. Rod Stewart at length. Yeah. Uh, I think that's it. We got some stuff at MacroyMerch.com if you want to check that out. And mm-hmm. um, there's More a live, live shows. There's a live task show coming up, virtual live task show next Friday, uh, and you can find uh, all the details about that at um, the McElroy dot family. Um, that's it. I cannot send thinking about Shaquille O'Neal with little scissors doing bonsai now. He might do it. Would it be a bigger tree <laughs> for a bigger for a, a bigger guy? For a bigger gentleman? Yeah. He walks into the the big and tall bonsai store. Yes. <laughs> oh, what a beautiful dream. Yeah. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.